You're listening to Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports Station. All right, just waiting on Jerry DePoto, Mariners President of Baseball Operations. He's down at the GM meeting, so if he's a couple of minutes late, I'll just assume he's making a trade or something like that. Making a deal with Mitch Hanniger. I don't know. How much would you love to be there? Oh, you know I'd love it. You know that I would. I would like more want. than the Super Bowl, oh, yeah. more than the World Series, maybe even. Yeah. yeah, no, I've been to a bunch of winter meetings, as you yeah. know, probably five or six winter meetings. Um, and they're all like tied for my favorite things to cover. I love it. Just getting the entire baseball community together in one place is so much fun. And now the GM meetings are almost like more special and cooler. And yeah, I would love it. Plus, it's in Las Vegas and doesn't usually take a whole lot to convince me that I need to go to Las Vegas. So let's talk to uh, Jerry right now. He joins us from the GM meetings. Jerry, good morning. What have you been doing? Uh, you know, some semi-fine dining. Staring out at the desert and and uh, pondering what our roster might look like in twenty twenty three. How about the elliptical? Do you figure much out on the elliptical? Uh, I, you know, I do tend to figure things out on the elliptical. Uh, sometimes it takes me a little longer than others, but as as long as you're consistent in the routine, good things will come. When you sit there and and stare out at the the desert and ponder the future of your roster. How do you balance all of the different directions you could go, right? I mean, I think you know where you want to get to. You know you want to be a World Series team. How, how do you try to sort through free agents, trades, uh, development, et cetera? How do, you, how do you sort through which direction you want to go? It's funny. We actually had this conversation you know, collectively. We, the Mariners uh, contingent here in, in Vegas, last night just sitting amongst each other. And I, the answer to the question is I, I – tend to take a view of, of a roster as if it's a jigsaw puzzle. And you, know, a, you identify the players that fit your club best. And it could be you know, a premium, the famous player, the big name that comes in, and then you have to figure out how to nestle in around that, that player, that jigsaw piece. And, and similarly, all right, if we can't access that player, who is the next player that, that best fits our team? And, and each time you change that centerpiece, you know, the, 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 the picture changes. And, and now you have to start filling those pieces in again. And you know, it's, uh, it, it requires plans and alternative plans. And, and uh, that's the fun of doing what we do is, is trying to figure out how to, to put the best team together within your circumstances for your city without, and in our case, without really changing the personality of, of our team. Cause I think that's one of the, the really great things about our club. How involved is uh, Mr. Stanton in those uh, puzzles? Uh, you know, he's, John's not here. <laughs> and I think he's, he's referenced this in, in the past. It's, you know, John, my, my, I have a great relationship with John. We check in regularly. He's always in tune with what we're doing. You know, obviously uh, what we do is, is a collective, you know, from our baseball operations team to, to making sure our business ops group is, is aware of what we do. I sit down very early in the off season with John and we go through what, our economic situation is for the coming multiple years so that we have an idea of what we're building toward. And, and then we walk them through all those different alternative plans as to how we'll get there. And, and generally speaking, he, he sets us free to go make those baseball decisions. Jerry, how would you characterize where you're at with Mitch Hanniger right now? 
Uh, you know, today is actually the first day that with free agents that you can talk about uh, actual dollars, you know, contract dollars. Uh, up until now, it has been mostly posturing, expressing interest. and But, you know, due to the fact that we have had Mitch for six years now, I, I, I think we're in a healthy place with Mitch. He is aware that we would like to have him back. We are aware that, that he was going to, to see what free agency looked like. I think we're we are of a mutual understanding that he would like to be in Seattle moving forward and, and we would like him to be in Seattle. Now we have to figure out if, if all of that works in conjunction with what the market tells him. And that's uh, that's the trick in free agency is, is uh, once you hit free agency, there are 29 other opportunities for you. And we understand that that would be a thing, but we also know that, that if, if, all is equal. I think Mitch does have interest in Seattle, but there's all may not be equal. And we have to see what looks, what that looks like in the, in the weeks or potentially months to come. Along those lines, what went into not extending any qualifying offers to him or or the rest of the free agents? Just what I talked about with that jigsaw puzzle, you know, and we, uh, it's, we really didn't consider the, the QO for any of our other pending free agents. We did have some, some uh, healthy conversations about doing that with Mitch and, and ultimately the combination that the market forces that, that create what your puzzle looks like. We, we thought it was healthier for our organization to go in and, and take a look at filling our needs with the flexibility, both economically and from a roster building standpoint to do what, to do the next thing. And, and if that next thing centers around Mitch Hanniger, that's great. And, and we'll find that out in the weeks or, or months to come. But we didn't think making that decision now in, in mid-November was the, the best decision for us. As you're sorting through that jigsaw puzzle, Jerry, and, and I'm sure it, it factors into a decision on Mitch or any other free agents or trades that you might be looking at, where do you see Jared Kelnick to start next year? And, and you know, I know that development is not necessarily a straight line type of situation, but based on where he finished the year, how his year went and his age, where do you expect him to start next year? I would expect him very similar to going into spring training a year ago. You know, well, I, I guess almost a year ago, 2022 uh, spring, where we went in with Mitch and Wright and, and really not a, a slam dunk expectation that Julio would break with the team. We didn't know where Julio would be. But we went in with Mitch and some level of unknown in, in what we would do for the, you know, the fourth member of that, that, that outfield quartet that, that would rotate through those three positions and DH. Now this year we go in and, and some combination of Julio and Jared Kelnick and Jesse Winker and potentially, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to discount the idea that, that Taylor Trammell or even potentially Cade Marlowe could be in that mix, but where, where Kel fits, that story will be told whether that is an everyday position, whether it's a fourth outfielder or a member of a four man rotation is going to be defined by what we do in this market via trade and free agency. Jerry DePoto here with us. One of my routines in the morning, you've got your elliptical, and I've got a few things and emails and subscriptions that come to me every morning, which is updates around the different sports, Jerry. And this morning, from the Athletic Pulse is their little you know morning hit. It says, about the winter or GM meetings, the team to watch 
the Seattle Mariners. This team made a surprise run to the ALDS and in hindsight gave the World Series champs all they could handle. It means they're close, which means an already aggressive front office should open the checkbook. And it goes on from there. I'm just curious at these GM meetings with what you guys accomplished last year with Julio's emergence and everything else. Are you finding a few more suitors coming your way, a few more conversations than normal on the elliptical? No, you know, the the real answer is baked in there. We are an aggressive front office and, and uh, you know, we've been around the game for a while in general and, and uh, teams tend to talk to us. <laughs> you know, we are, and oftentimes, especially in the, in the trade market, but, but even in the free agent market, we have longstanding relationships with many of the agents in the game. We, we talk to everybody and, and we consider everything and, and both teams and agents know that. And, and I think as a, as a result, we tend to be very busy. Our, our schedule is robust and in both, both sectors, you know, the, the free agent market and trade talk. Hey, Jerry, I think next week we'll hear about Scott and Julio. We found out this week that they were both finalists for their respective awards. Um, I'm assuming that you, like me, believe Julio is a slam dunk. Is that Would, would you think he wins that for sure, Rookie of the Year? Yeah, we're a little biased. Maybe. <laughs> you know, in, in general, I think that's right. Okay. And then with Scott, Brock actually pointed out, I didn't even notice it at first, that the three Manager of the Year candidates – also managed the three rookie of the year candidates. They're all from the same teams. What is, uh, can you handicap the race there for manager of the year? I wish I could. And and I can't say it's at all surprising that, that, that would be the case. You know, that, that the three manager of the year candidates would also have managed the three rookie of the year candidates because in, in those votings, you know, the, and especially in, in the manager of the year, the, those votes typically go along the line or the trend line of who did the most with the least. And oftentimes, you know, non the Jeremy Pena category, the, the oftentimes the, the team that is giving playing time to the young guys that has prominent rookies at the center of their club, you know, those are the teams that exceed expectation. And those teams generally result in their managers being, you know, celebrated for what they've done with that club. So uh, I think that's uh, that's that seems normal to me. And I wish I could. I think they're all awesome candidates and and they all are effectively telling the same story. I I think the, you know, Brandon Hyde's story is very similar to where we were a year ago. And and I think both Scott and and Tito have been among the most respected managers in the game in in recent years and in Tito's case for, you know, for a couple of decades now. And, and I think it's, it's pretty awesome that, that Scott gets to do this in back to back years. And and I hope we have this conversation every November. I know that uh, you got to run here in just a couple minutes and Salk wants to ask you about some of the rumblings of Matt Brash that that may have came out yesterday. Uh, But my last question for you is you said today's the day. Today's the first day with these agents. You can actually start talking some numbers. So is today then equally the day where you start to figure out whether your market projections, what and how you guys planned and, and what you think this is going to look like, come into a little more clarity this afternoon? I doubt it. You know, that's typically not how the free agent market works. And, uh, <laughs> the the trades will wind up being the, the more prominent discussions over the next couple of weeks. And, and you will con- now that you can talk about uh, dollars, I would be mildly surprised to shocked if there were anything major that went off the board 
uh, here, you know, in the next 24, 48 hours. Now we start the posturing where, you know, what, where is the market? Obviously players will ask high clubs may offer something in that zone. I, I can't remember the last time I picked up the call and then said to the agent, here's what we think he is in the market. Will you take it? <laughs> the answer is always going to be no. And, you know, and, <laughs> and, uh, and then it will take more. So, it's a, I think we're just in that posturing stage. and But it is fun now to be able to talk freely about where you feel like that player fits for you. And, and it's not behind some veil of, boy, we'd love to have them in Seattle. We have a fun young team. Take a look at us. So, you know, the last couple of days have been pitch days about our club. And, and now we actually get to talk about know where where this fits for us economically and, so, and that's when it'll get super interesting so jealous it just sounds so yes. fun god would i love to have jerry's job or justin's job it sounds like a blast uh i will follow up brock mentioned just because i thought it was interesting your uh, comments that filtered out about matt brash coming in as a starting uh pitcher next year with the possibility of him going back to the bullpen at some point what 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 kind of flexibility does matt give you whether it's in the trade market etc this offseason or heading into next year you know, it's a, we, we've not really, to this point, Matt, he's going to pitch his 25-year-old season. I think he was awesome last year once we shifted him to the bullpen. Based on our present personnel, I think it's highly likely that he starts the season again in the bullpen. And that might be what Matt does, you know, as a, as a big leaguer or as a mariner, is just become a, a big impact at the back of our bullpen. And, and we envision that as, as one of the, the potential outcomes. But at 25, we don't want to write it off that that's the only outcome. So, you know, there's really no harm in stretching out, being prepared to, to stretch out in spring training. And it's a lot easier to back up than it is to, to stretch out in terms of inning development. And, you know, at least at the start of the spring, we'll see where that takes us. I don't, I can't say it's a natural competition. You know, right now we have six starters who, who are going to vie for time. We have a handful of other young pitchers who are, are going to have a chance to make an impression, but we've, we've been hit a ton since we landed in Vegas on, on our pitching. And, and that goes from our big league group to, to minor league prospects to relievers. It's uh, it's been, it's been uh, fairly active uh, in teams hitting us on that pitching and, and we've, for a good reason, they're good. And on the surface, from the outside looking in, we, we appear to have some level of surplus and, uh, it's it's something that might be an advantage to us, you know, through the trade market. We'll see where that goes. But, you know, in Matt's case, it's just a matter of there's there's really no harm in stretching them out. It's easy to back them up uh, once we get to the spring. And we want to make sure that that we are taking advantage of uh, maximizing our opportunities with all the talent we have. Jerry, I know you got to go. I, I'd imagine every time you those words, a surplus of pitching, escape your lips, you wonder whether or not you should ever say those words, right? I mean, just how how can yeah. there be such a thing? <laughs> I'm not, you know I'm not a very superstitious person, but I think that anyone who was in you know the American League media day uh, day before yesterday who mentioned the word surplus and there are, there were at least a dozen in the scrum. Mm. I, every time I looked at him, I shivered before I answered the question. <laughs> it, it might appear that way. <laughs> Please don't put those words in my mouth. Uh, did you get any good food? You're in Vegas. Did, did we get to Haleo's? Where'd you go? You know, on the, uh, the first night in, there's always a cocktail reception you know, and we, we mingle among the, the other clubs and their personnel, the league officials, etc. Uh Night two, we went out to Amalfi by Bobby Flay at mm. Caesar's Palace, and 
And uh, it was on a 20 day scale. It was awesome. We had, we had an eight person party and we, uh, we, we, we got the, we bellied up uh, to uh, roughly ordered everything on the menu and then ate a little of a lot of things for the next two and a half hours. You, ex- <laughs> you expense that back to John too, I hope. It's part, of the, part hey. of the puzzle. Part of the puzzle. Hey, I didn't want to go. Somebody made me go. It's just work. I mean, geez. <laughs> Jerry, have fun, man. We appreciate it. Enjoy the next few days. We'll talk to you next week. All right, guys.